That was a good good prayer. Good worship. Good prayer. And now I'm going to pray for me. <laughs> Lord, just I pray for your guidance in, in delivering this message, Father, that that I do a good job for you, for the betterment of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know, when I was thinking about what I was going to teach on tonight, we have a schedule so we know, and you kind of, you mull over a lot of things, because most of us were studying a lot of things. And, um, and this time, I'd be studying different things, because we've had really some, haven't we had some wonderful messages? I mean, our Sundays, I mean, I mean, you go home, you got to review your notes, listen to it again. You know, I go home and I just kind of meditate on what I heard and ask questions. And, and you know, I get more revelation and I get excited because I think, oh, maybe I'm supposed to share that. Uh, but, I, uh, but one of the things I kept kind of hearing in my spirit was, what's, what's planted in your garden? And to be honest with you, I taught... Like two years ago, I looked it up. Two years ago, I, I taught a message on, uh, what was it called? <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Your mind is a garden. And, and I can't, what got me on that subject was, we've all seen the, the, a card or the plaque that says, your mind is a garden, your, your thoughts are the seeds, you can go flowers or you can grow weeds. You know, and I taught a whole sermon on that and had a lot of scriptures on that. And it's so funny. You can kind of think, okay, I've I been there, done that, got that. No. <laughs> Two years later, God's still talking to me about that. And, um, and so I want to look at a few scriptures before we kind of get into the, the subject that I'm going to cover tonight. But in, in those, we're just going to look at three scriptures because sowing is so important. Sowing is mentioned throughout the Bible. And I don't think we really appreciate sowing because a lot of us are not farmers. You know, we go to the grocery store, pick up whatever we need. There's no planning really involved with it. I mean, now you can call and have it waiting for you. You know, I know I go, I just pick up, I go in the store and I pick up what I feel like getting at that moment, you know. But there was a lot more planning that took place back then. And I think the body of Christ is taking the planning part of things out of the equation some. Just kind of go with it. You know, someone says, teach us something great, that's wonderful, you fill your basket up, and you go over here, and that's a great sermon, and you fill your basket up there. But God has a specific, God knows what our needs are. So he knows what is necessary for us. We can, we can overeat in one area and not get and starve ourselves in another area. And God wants us to be whole. And so when you look at sowing, and there's some quick, you know, Proverbs, Proverbs 11:18. You know, the wicked man does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. So that's telling us we need to sow righteousness. Uh, in Proverbs 22:8, it says, "He who sows iniquity reaps sorrow." So if we sow bad, we're going to get bad. We sow evil, we're going to get evil. In in Galatians 6. Verses 7 through 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will reap. You sow good or you sow bad, you're going to reap it. He says, He who sows to his flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life. So in this lesson, I'm going to be, I keep hearing my breath in here. 
In this lesson, I'm going to be kind of interchanging the word garden and mind. But I'm speaking as when I say garden, I'm speaking about our mind. Think about it. What are we planting in our garden? Because we want to reap. Well, we're going to reap whatever is planted in our garden, good or bad. So, um, and whatever we plant in our garden, our mind, is it'll grow or it'll die based on what we do. We are responsible for our own garden. Nobody else is responsible for our minds. You know, as parents, we have responsibility to guide our children up in the way they should go and be good examples for them. But at, at, at ultimately, at some point, they're going to make some decisions on their own. And we have a great impact in our house. It's kind of funny. A, a couple weeks ago, I spent a week at my babysitting my grandson. And I didn't realize this, but things I do around the house. It was so funny that when I went back home, Caleb Harrison now does those things. I dance, you know. <laughs> when I worship, I just, you know, I'm just used to when I clean, I worship. If I'm going to, and so when I pick up a, a, a mop or a broom, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing stuff, you know. And I didn't even realize that I was doing that. Well, he was, he didn't copy that when I was there, but after I left, he does that. And he still does. They sent me a little video of him doing, doing the, and they go, I don't know where he got that. I, thought, oh, I was doing that because it was really good because with your, with your socks, you could slide real good, you know, and he was copying me. So your kids will copy what you do, especially if they see you enjoying it. And even people at work, you have, we have, we have a greater uh, uh, effect than what we think we do. And I don't know where that came from, but I, it was a kind of cute little story for me anyway. So our mind um, is a pretty amazing thing. You know, our brain, you know, God designed our body, and our brain is the computer of our body. But our mind is what processes all the information that we take in. It, it's, it's all the bodily functions, as far as, you know, because... There's some things that they're going to happen anyway, but you're not going to walk unless you, you think about walking. You're not going to roll over. You're not going to do you know, now think, think We're not even aware of what we're thinking about, but the mind is all, you know, in the mind is all the bodily functions, all the emotions, all the senses, all the processes are processed through the mind until, until some things become habit. You know, um, you, uh, there are some, after it becomes habit, your body will automatically work and do some things. But uh, most of the, the functions, are, you know, in our life are run behind scenes. It's, a lot of things are in our subconscious based on what we've learned. You know, another story I've shared with you guys is when I was teaching Ruth to drive, the driver's ed person told us that when you go to a stoplight, you need to tell your kids what you're doing at the stoplight. You've got to tell your kids that you're stopping and let them know that you're looking both ways. Let them know everything because the kid was watching you and they're unaware of all of these things that you're doing. And so that's why when you first teach a kid, a kid, your kid to drive, you almost have a heart attack, right? It's a pretty scary thing because they don't see. And you're like, how can they not see that? Well, they're not trained to see that. We've trained our minds to look for things. And that's what we, we have a responsibility 
for training our minds and taking care of that. So all of our experiences are stored in our subconscious. Um, there are things that we don't even remember that are stored in our subconscious. I mean, when I go to, when you're driving, you don't think about all those things that you do. You know, when you, uh, anything that you do, you're not thinking, okay, I've got to do this, then do this, then do this. You just, you just do it. And that's why it's kind of hard when you're training a new Christian. You know, we use a lot of words that they don't even understand. It's kind of like saying, just do this or, 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 or follow me. And we need to take the time to, to keep it real simple and let them know all of the processes that you do. And we also need to be aware of all the processes that, that have um, um, defined our life. You know, the, the, the subconscious knows everything that we've experienced. Everything is stored there. Our, our mind will draw data from, the, from our, our subconscious to process new information. And so based on what we have experienced in life, we'll perceive or judge a situation without consciously seeing all the data that's being used to make this decision. And some of that data can be corrupt. That's why, you know, people can see, people can experience the same thing, hear the same thing, two witnesses, and both witnesses have totally different stories. They're not lying. But what they see, what you see, goes through your mind, and then it's compared to the data that's in your subconscious, and then it determines what took place. And you say, well, what's so important about that? Well, if our subconscious has been corrupted, we're not going to see things right. You know, you've heard the story about the glass half full, the glass half empty. Same thing can happen. You, you can have a, a child in the same household, and one's half empty and one's half full. It's a matter of what they draw on to make their, you know, make their, their uh, with their attitude or their mental attitude, what's in their subconscious that helps them uh, with, with the things that they experience. So, so, um, so our, you know, I'm, I'm laying a lot, of, a lot of foundation, not a foundation, but principles here, I guess, in a sense, just natural principles. But our mind can be programmed. And it seems very technical while we're talking about this because the word is supposed to reprogram our mind. We're called to change. And what needs to be changed? We a lot of times think we need our husband, right? Or whatever it might, our boss. But the, words, the word doesn't say change your boss, pray and change your husband. The word talks to us specifically about what we, can, what we should be doing. And so, um, and in our subconscious, that's where we have the strongholds. Because nobody wants to have a strong. You don't sit there and say, okay, I'm going to believe that I'm defeated. Because that's not what you're thinking about today, right? Okay, you get excited. There's a great message. We've been getting a lot of good messages on encouragement, not giving up. And we're like, yeah, yeah. And it's, we're in a group. We're all excited. We're all on fire. And then we get home. 
and little things out of our subconscious just kind of dilute it a little bit. Well, yeah. I've tried that. I have tried that. Oh, yeah, you know, everyone else seems more excited than I was. You know, I, I, my, they were all flowing and I wasn't flowing as well. Um, whatever it might be. You know, oh, during the sermon you thought about something else. You know, whatever it might be, your subconscious will start just throwing up these things you had forgotten forever. And it will distract you from the edification that was given to you during that service. And I want to tell anybody, if you go home and you just listen to the service and you get excited and you go yay and everything else and you go home and do nothing with it, you're going to lose it. You know, one of the things I loved about Bible college is that we got to hear a lot of praise reports. And that was pretty cool. It's very excited to get all the highlights of what God's doing. I mean, to get that, you know, so-and-so got healed, so-and-so got healed, so-and-so got healed, so-and-so and so-and-so. And the next thing you know, your subconscious, all, it's just integrated with, you don't even remember the names of the people, you know, but they were healed. You know, I remember, you know, stories. There was this one girl that she couldn't even speak English, and she was a mess. Every time she came to school, she dropped everything. Her hair was a mess. I mean, she was just a mess. She had eight kids, and she was just, you know, it was funny. You thought she wasn't listening to every, anything. But one day, on her way to school, there was a car accident, and she spoke life into a dead body. See, I made an opinion about her, not based on any fact, by a lot of little, all the things I just told you about. So I never gave her any kind of importance. I never gave any of her words of any kind of importance. I never really took her encouragement because I judged her behavior didn't line up to what I thought a scholarly student would, would act like. We can miss out on some things if we expect the Spirit to move in a certain way or we expect the Spirit only to move in one particular person. You know, I remember I, w- I was raised that you had to be older enough because, you know, God won't use babies. We're, we're in the Bible. Does it say God won't use babies? It says, have faith like a young child. <laughs> You know, I knew someone one time said when they prayed, they always got their child to pray with them because they wanted that faith like a young child. And so, um, but all these things, all this, everything that happens to you, it's not lost. You might think you don't remember, but it is in our subconscious. And it can change our thoughts. It It can even affect our faith. It can corrupt even what we're hearing 10 years later. 50 years later. And, and God wants us to deal with that. God wants me to deal with some of that stuff too. He has been. And you kind of think, well, God, you're digging pretty deep, but I got some pretty deep stuff that need to be dug up. And, I'll, you know, he's not going to give up on me. I may sometimes want to give up, but he's not going to give up on me and he's not going to give up on you guys. So the word says that we have strongholds that need to be pulled down. And those strongholds, are in our, most of them are in our subconscious. And let's turn to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 
uh, 10, 3 through 5, it says the spiritual warfare, it's talking about spiritual warfare, it says, for, the thought, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, I've read that, and I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But it takes work to do that. It takes work to do that. So how do we pull down those strongholds? How do we pull down the strongholds we don't even know are there? You know, we've got, we've got to read the Word of God. That's true. We also have to experience the Word of God and practice the Word of God. It's not just showing up. You know, we're taught you know, our, you know, that just showing up is good enough. You, you, get a, you get a participation medal. God's not giving participation medals. You know, our, our subconscious needs to experience the incorruptible word in action. The word of God is what will dig up those strongholds. Well, first of all, first it will show that they're there, you know. You know, the scripture says that we need to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Uh, we need to guard what we allow to come into our subconscious. You know, our mind is the garden and our thoughts are the seeds. The knowledge of God will produce the good fruit and lies of the enemy will produce Weeds and destruction. The weeds are the arguments, the high things that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Let's look at Galatians 5, 16 through 26. We're going to go through quite a few scriptures here. But uh, it, uh, 16 says, I then, I mean, I say, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Have you ever done something you didn't wish? And sometimes it seems, sometimes it seems kind of trivial, and so what's the big deal? You, know, you, didn't, you, you planned on doing something and you didn't do it? Well, God wants us to accomplish things in our life. So no one wants to you know, have a hard life. No one wants to live a life full of anxiety. You know, but I think the media <laughs> and the world wants us to. I mean, if you think about it, it's everywhere. It's hard to turn the TV on, social media. They're preaching this anxiety, okay? They're preaching fear. So all these things kind of get in our subconscious. And we're not even aware of it. We'll kind of say, oh, it's not a big deal. I don't believe that, you know. But it still got in there. You still heard it. Uh, Let's go to the 18th verse. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentiousness, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, uh, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, murder murders, uh, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand... Just as I told you in times in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, if the word, so if we practice the word of God, the word, uh, and, and we meditate on the word, we will inherit the kingdom of God. 
And you might say, well, I don't do anything evil. You know, I, I, I thought, I don't do anything evil. Well, ask yourself, what do you think about sometimes? You know, a lot of times we like to think, oh, it's, it's sex or it's whatever it might, revelry, whatever it might be. But, you know, when I was younger, when I say younger, 40s, 50s, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was proud of my job. And I wanted people to think I was smarter than I was, richer than what I was. I took pride, you know. And at the time, they didn't seem like that was that big of a deal. It's the American way. You, want to keep up, you don't want to just keep up with the Joneses. You want to pass the Joneses, right? Well, if you think about it, that's not a good thing. That's a selfish thought. It, what, what, what really what I was wanting to do, I was wanting someone to be jealous. Wait, wait, wait. That's what he was just talking about up there, wasn't he? Jealous? <laughs> There's some things that we soften up and say it's not so bad, if, especially if it's something that we do, you know? And, um, but I would imagine things, you know, I'm not, you know, not, not imagine, you know, I, I would just kind of think, oh, if I got this, I would think I was smart. If I did this, you know, hey, I'd impress them. Oh, if I got, you know, stupid things. I probably did more of that, well, in my 40s, easily in my 40s. I was doing that, you know. But that is sin, you know, let's go to, go to, to verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. See, love doesn't do that. P- joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have, cruci- been cruci- have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if you've got some passions and some, some desires for things that aren't gods, aren't edifying the kingdom, you might want to check yourself and ask the Lord. Now, you can have desire. There's nothing wrong with desiring a nice place to live. I'm not saying any of that. But if we're wanting it just to show off, because if if you're showing off, you want them to think highly of you. (laughs) I know that because that's what I was doing. And maybe y'all show off for different reasons, but that's why I was doing it. Yeah, so uh, 25. So if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And let us, become, uh, uh, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So I had to repent of that uh, many times in my life. Now, people may not have known I was doing that. But I knew. So the effects it had on me, okay, um, you may not have known I was trying to impress you. Maybe you did. Maybe I thought I was cooler than what I was. But it may not have affected you, but it, it affected me. It affected the way that I perceived the word. It affected the, that, okay, if I'm doing that, I'm obviously not really loving purely. I mean, those things that you think aren't affecting anybody, it has an effect on your walk. And so that's the thing we need to be aware of. That, and those things, a lot of it, it's just found in our subconscious that we're not even aware of. We'll just start, you know, we're driving down the road and we'll just think some stupid thought. You know, you've got a stupid thought. You've got to get rid of that stupid thought. Because um, those thoughts are selfish. 
And there's a lot of selfish thoughts. You know, I live alone. I have a lot more selfish thoughts now than I used to, you know. Um, but then again, there's a, you know, there's, that is great, but another, you know, not great. <laughs> no one really bothers me. Uh, that's great, but I don't have anyone at my house standing with me either, in agreement with me either. So I want to encourage people that live alone, submit to somebody. You know, let someone correct you. Uh, be wise in who you submit to. But it's, it's wise to talk to someone that can walk you through a situation that can be the sound of reason because you won't hear the jealousy in yourself. You won't hear the judgment in yourself. You won't hear those contentions in yourself because you have got justification to feel the way that you feel. Right? Otherwise, you wouldn't feel that way. But the Word doesn't say it's okay to get your feelings hurt. It says love. We have, we're, we're given the gift of long-suffering. What is long-suffering meant for? <laughs> it means we're going to suffer through some things. But he is going to give us the power to get through that. And, you know, and verse 25 tells us to walk in the Spirit. So I want to encourage everyone, and it's so hard to stop comparing ourselves to one another, because when you compare yourself to one another, you're actually provoking envy and strife. You could be provoking it in yourself. Not even realize. It's kind of like we, we shoot our own foot, don't we, sometimes? And nobody knows what's going on there. So, if any of y'all ever had a real garden, okay, and you know it's a lot of work to have a nice garden, right? Because you, you pick out the seed that you're going you're gonna to plant, or you go to the nursery and you pick out the little plants you want to plant, and you make sure that they're all good. You buy those six packs. I mean, I get the best six packs because I want to start off with the best plants, you know. Then you've you got to um, make sure your soil is good. So you'll go out and pull out all the weeds and, and get your, your garden fork and your spade and turn up the grass, turn up the dirt, and loosen the soil. And, and you might even add some fertilizer you know, to it so it has some good soil. You dig a hole, you plant the plant, and, and you water it as needed. Especially in Texas, it needs a lot of water. You have to protect it, especially the new growth. You've got to protect it against the squirrels and the rabbits and all the insects that come along. And you have to protect it against the elements. I shared with Joy that we had this hard freeze last week when I was out of town. And not only did my plants, my, all my pot, I lost all my potted plants. I had, I had what, probably 50 potted plants. Gorgeous things I've had for years. When I pulled up to my house... It looked like nobody lived there because when it froze, it didn't just die. They kind of like just melted. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing, you know. And my first thought was, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But now I'm kind of glad. It was a lot of stuff to take care of. So I got mixed emotions. My house isn't as pretty, but I, it takes a lot of time to take care and feed all that stuff. I know the work involved with that. But just one week, they're gone. You know, we, we spend, and actually, if you have a garden, you spend more time weeding the garden than you do planting and preparing the soil. At least I do. And you say, why am I talking about all of that? Well, we spend a lot of time getting into the Word, right? Say, so yes, we do. You know, we have a lot of time. But how much time do we spend weeding our garden? How much time do we spend 
going into our mind, our subconscious, and, and, and dealing with issues that should not, issues that are affecting the growth of other plants. And that's what, you know, so when you're looking at your garden, if you plant seeds, you know, you plant seeds of good and evil, you can do that. And you need, and some of those, some of that evil we've planted ourselves because something we've done. It could be things we did as a child in rebellion. It could be movies that we've watched. Who knows what, what has happened that can cause some, some bad seeds to be planted. So now we're on to what was God talking to me about. <laughs> and I got, what, uh, 30 minutes. But so, so God is asking me, you know, Karen, what is planted in your garden? And I am, once again... I'm like, well, I plant a lot of good stuff in there. and I know I've done some weeding, you know, and stuff like that. I, I feel like I've taken pretty good care of my garden. If I hadn't, I think I'd do more. I wasn't hearing anything. And so that's funny. I asked out loud. I was at my desk, and I asked out loud. And I said, God, what are you trying to show me? And I had a vision of, you know, of when I lived in Colorado. Remember when the dandelions come out? Maybe you, I lived in the neighborhood, and when the dandelions came out, it was in the spring, there'd be so many dandelions that they would swirl around like clouds. Sometimes when you walked, you'd have to cover your mouth to make sure you didn't breathe them in. And, um, and you always found the seeds in the, the dryer vent of your, of your dryer. You didn't even know you had those dandelion vents, the seeds. They were just all over the place. And then I thought about... Wow, a dandelion can grow in a little crack in the, in the sidewalk. You don't see the dandelion seeds. All those seeds that were in my dryer vent, I wasn't even aware that I carried those in. There's a lot of things in my subconscious that I'm not aware. I didn't plant. Somebody else planted. Someone else sowed that. You know, dandelion seed can travel 62 miles. (laughs) And and so I've been doing a lot of self-introspection, you know, looking, looking, self-inspection of myself and my thoughts. Because God is telling me my thinking has been affected by some weeds in my garden. Things, there's some things in my subconscious that's affecting my judgment. Now, the God that we serve doesn't just leave you there and say, <laughs> you messed up. <laughs> you know, with that comes hope. And I'm excited that he's, gonna, he's, he's shown me some things and he's going to show me some more things. And, and, it, and it's not things at this point that I'm really prepared to share because... Um, I don't want to cause someone to stumble because basically there are some lies that, that, have, that have been these little bitty things that you don't think much about. Well, I'll give you an example of something. I have had probably in the last two years, I've had 15 friends and family die. Young. And, and, you, and you sit there and you kind of think, well, that's not a big deal. <laughs> How do you say not a big deal, you know? But you, 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 but it does, 
it makes you feel a little bit older. When people your age are dying for no good reason, you know, the last one was suicide. And, and I didn't realize it, but it just kind of, you, you don't realize you get like in a funk. You've been in a funk and not known why you're in a funk? Probably because you've got some dandelion seeds that you didn't see that planted something in your subconscious that you're not even aware of that just kind of affects your mood. So if you're feeling a little, uh, go before the Lord and say, what's going on? What's going on? Don't just, you know, brush it off and say no big deal. Don't let that seed take root in a crack in your subconscious. And so something as simple as that, it's weird. It can make you feel a little bit older. <laughs> when your friends your age die, and I'm talking this, well, probably ten of those were like two years older, my age, or two years. Five, five friends of mine from high school passed away. Five friends from high school. Four cousins. Some COVID, some heart issues, whatever kind of things. And you'll say things like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so, I, you know, I can see on Facebook, he, he, I think he was drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. That's why, you know, you, you make these quick little judgments and you kind of, but it did, it got into my subconscious. And it gets you thinking. Think about this. TV shows, they're all about disease. <laughs> How many medical shows are there out there? A lot. Commercials all about disease and sickness. And you can sit there and you can say, that doesn't affect me. But if you listen to it, it gets into your subconscious. If you, um, and, you and you may think, well, I don't believe that. But if you hear all of that, it gets into your subconscious. So one of the things that I'm doing, and it's not I'm walking around. God told me he's restoring my health, restoring my youth. I feel better than I felt in a long time. I feel good. I don't have any aches. I don't have anything, you know. I feel good. And it wasn't that I wasn't feeling good. I was just tired of hearing about people my age dying. Because when you're in your 30s, you don't think about that kind of stuff. You even look at... The TV shows, you know, prepare for your future, all this kind of, all this kind of, everything's blue, you know, bloom and goom, you know, doom, whatever you call it. One of the things I've decided that I'm going to do is I'm going to, there's a lot of sources out there that I want to um, read more stories about God's victory. Like, like, like in Bible college. We always had someone sharing what God did. I want to read stories about revivals. I want to read stories about so-and-so had this, had this lump on them and it, and, it, and it dissipated. I want to review what God has done for me. You know, I don't want to think about what I saw with my husband and that slow death he went through. That's not my inheritance and it wasn't his inheritance. I'm not going to make a judgment about what happened with that because I don't know what was in his heart. I don't know what God was doing, what his plan was or anything like that. But I do know this, that's not his plan for me. And so I'm going to do things that, 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 that get into my subconscious so that when I am thinking about something and making a decision, it's going to pull from that data. So it's going to take what I'm experiencing right here in real time and when it goes into my mind, 
my mind is going to pull from the good data and, and, and make a perception and a judgment based on the good, not all the junk that the world has, has preached to us. Even if I'm going to funerals and things like that, I am strong enough to go to a funeral. I didn't go to the funeral for Eric that committed suicide because I just didn't want to deal with that. You know, I, there was enough on the phone, <laughs> you know, about, about that. You know, I, I am praying for his, children, his daughter. I'm praying for his daughter. That's sad. Pray, you know, his, his daughter, his mother died of an overdose. Son was killed in a car wreck. And now daddy committed suicide. Daughter's all alone. I'm praying for her. Because that's what I should be doing. Not thinking about the deaths that took place there. It's, it's, it's awful. But she needs some encouragement because she's had a lot of death around her. A lot of disappointments. And I'm thankful she has some good Christians that are standing by her, that are encouraging her. But uh, they, they, uh, they have a restaurant over on, on, on uh, the toll road that she opened back up. Uh, I won't m- announce it here because I don't want to share about what happened with Eric. But, but I want to encourage everyone to examine yourself. You know, ask the Lord what is in your subconscious. Because the things in, your, in our subconscious can affect the way we walk in unity. See, what happens in your subconscious, you don't even realize it. So we're making judgments based on past experiences, right? So the Word tells us to walk in unity. Well, if oh, so-and-so, and this isn't, this, this doesn't, if things don't go the way that I expect them to go, how can I be in unity? See, the enemy gets us focused on the differences. God gets us focused on the word. Unity is about being unified with the word of God. And in this place, we're doing the word of God. So if you feel out of sorts with what's going on, it could be you've got some dandelions in your garden. If you're feeling like, well, I never know what's going on. I've, I, you know, I've, I've had people say, you know, say different things. And, and, and it's so easy to get upset to not be in the know or to be snubbed or someone sit on your row or whatever it might be. See, all of those things isn't promoting unity. It's promoting disunity. It's getting you focused on an offense or on a difference. And so as long as you're focused on these things, when you, when you look at something, you're going to perceive it the wrong way. You can even hear a message and not hear the message. Because you've got your rose-colored glasses, and the preacher's preaching blue, but you see rose. I don't, I don't know. Maybe this, this is just me. I don't think it is, because all of us have a conscious, subconscious. You know, all of us are being told to grow and, and, and encourage one another. And I want to just encourage everyone here, not only to get into the Word, not only do we need to pray, not only do we need to fellowship, 
But we need to ask God to show us where we're missing it. And listen. And if, you know, it, and it's okay if it takes you a couple of days because you can think you're doing things right. You know, think about it. We all think we're right, don't we? Everyone, most people think they're right because if you didn't think you were right, you wouldn't do it, right? Right? So we might need some revelation. And it's not about us going and telling somebody else, hey, Susie Q, <laughs> you're seeing this all wrong. We're to edify. We can do things and have an effect on someone and not even realize it. The same way that I had effect on what my 18-month-old grandchild was doing, copying grandma, because grandma was having fun. And he was even, you know, I could hear him, and I, uh, I, I, I would sing Good, Good Father. And, and, and I think he was singing that, Good, 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 you know, I think he was trying to say Good, Good Father. So I'm going to cut it a little short tonight, which is a, a, a new one for me. And I do want to pray for us as a church and as a body. And I hope I haven't offended anybody. Um, if I have, I'm sorry. I'm, that's, that's not my intent. But I want to encourage people to expect to change. We should not be thinking the same way. If you're thinking the same way this year as you thought last year, that's not a good thing because we should know more. You know, when you, when you get married, your, your relationship should get better and better. I mean, it should. You get more comfortable around each other. You support each other. I mean, you can work you know, like a well. I mean, you can do things. I mean, Mark and I sometimes can do some projects because he was tall, I was tall. We could do some things. You just kind of know. And when you're getting ready, you just kind of, you, you got that flow. And that's how we should be with God. And there are some times that we're going to get rubbed the wrong way. And it might, if, <laughs> you say, can God rub us the wrong way? Well, yeah, not really. We can take it the wrong way. God's rubs are right. We can take it the wrong way. But you know, it's not a bad thing if we get all offended at God as long as we change. We may not know that something needs to change until we get a little bit of friction there. And then we can say, oh, wait a second. What's going on? You know, I was kind of going through a season, I've talked to Joy about this a little bit, where I didn't just quite, something just wasn't quite right. I didn't know what it was. And the Lord showed me. It's all these little things that just have entered into my subconscious and was planting little seeds, finding cracks where, where little, little lies could grow, where you didn't, I couldn't physically see the effects of it, but it was just something little. And it just quite wasn't right. You know, the word talks about the ship, how the rudder can change the direction of a ship. A lie can change a direction. And this is a time when our church is being encouraged to move forward, to hang on, to not give up, all these things that, we're, that our church is going to do, every one of us want to be a part of that, don't we? And we'll tell stories about the day. Remember the day. <laughs> you remember when we only had so many chairs? We had to get more chairs. Remember the day when we had, you know, 
We had to expand the parking lot. It's exciting to be a part of a growing something, something growing, but it's not excited to not be a, to be there and not be a part of what's growing. So if anyone feels like you're, I think everyone here feels like you're growing, but all of us have issues that we're dealing with, and I want to encourage y'all: don't let those issues stay dormant in your subconscious. And so right now I'll close with a prayer. Thank you, Father, for all your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your word and your instruction and your encouragement that show us how we should be walking, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you give us the gift of the Holy Spirit and that we can be led by the Spirit. And right now, we stand on your word and we put every lie, every evil word that we have spoken to ourselves and to others, we put them underneath our feet. They're under Jesus' feet. And Satan, you have no, no power in our lives. You have no authority. And you have to get out of our thinking in the name of Jesus. Amen.